like I like kind of lost the thread of what the fuck she was saying at the beginning. So but it confused. sounded like she was like she's in some relationship with a guy like in their, his twenties, and then and then a forty year old guy or something, and then something else. Yeah, that's that a very direct communication style hallmark of AIDS. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't know that. That's that's how AIDS <laughs> communicate. <laughs> it's it, I don't know. It's a lot of I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of sounds like she's not happy in her relationship. Yes. So, <laughs> sounds like a you problem, not a yeah. me problem, honey. The big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self-prez, pulled by wing, four, five, eight, trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-prez, sexual, nine with one, nine, seven, four, trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-prez, with eight, five, four, fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self-prez social three, wing four, with a If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. Uh, We are continuing to explore uh, intimacy and uh, soul connection and attraction. And, uh, you know, a lot of us have been having life-changing events that has, you know, even if some of us are sexual types uh, that has totally revised our whole understanding of attraction and what it's based on. And so exploring that together. And last week we uh, talked, did a deep dive into David's backstory, David's origin. And we're continuing that with uh, some of y'all's love line inputs and questions and whatever's that Emika is going to play for us. Um, right. Oh, and we want to, we want to encourage you to continue calling into the love line uh, and leaving us your messages and reflections and personal experiences, but please keep your messages to less than a minute and a half because beyond that, we will not listen to them. Yeah. I mean, you should really keep it to a minute because we've got some messages that were three minutes and one was like over six minutes long. Like who the fuck do you think is going to use that and (laughs) listen to that? So please keep your messages to a minute long. Know what you want to say. And be be concise, please. Yeah, like practice it before you call in. Yeah, yeah. Somebody did that, and I was like, I was impressed that they took the care to actually think about what they wanted to say beforehand. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna play the first one. Or is there anything else we need to say? Oh, the the, the number to call in is three two three six nine six zero six four seven. Hey, um, I really appreciated uh, this last episode about sex and intimacy. Uh, you all really vulnerable and so much of it resonated. Uh, I was curious about maybe a more queer perspective on the subject, um, especially considering the ways that like gender and sexual energy often get conflated with some of the social roles. That might be something really awesome to explore. Um, Anyways, thank you guys. Bye. So somebody wants a queer perspective on this, and I'm not sure how to approach that conversation. I think, I mean, I think it's a, a great, uh, like, and worthy, uh, you know, exploration, but I, we're not, three of us here are not the, the folks for that job, you know, like, we're exploring this topic from the point of view that we know best and what we're, we're in the process of learning. And so to try to apply that to uh, another kind of 
uh, energy or preference or whatever that we don't have would just be like be useless. But yeah, I mean, that'd be definitely, you know, having somebody on that could talk to that uh, would be really interesting. Nancy, do you have, is there, is this something that you could speak on? <laughs> and and I secondly, mean, I, I just want to say this real quick. I don't know why the category of gender would change what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, worth having another perspective on just to see if there are any differences and for representation's sake. But I also, I don't expect that it would be much different. But I also am very uh, <laughs> not experienced in in that field with only, you know, one or two really experiences with the same gender. Uh, so I don't feel like I should be the one to talk about it either. I think it would be worth having someone who was out for longer <clears throat> before they got into a serious relationship to talk about it. We could have Joseph on to talk about it, but uh, yeah. one thing that I, I find interesting even in queer relationships is that there is, even though there's not, you know, if you take gender away, there is a pol an energetic polarity in what, uh, like, maybe there's someone Couples. playing more of a masculine. Yeah, and like someone playing more of a, of a masculine role uh, versus a feminine role. But I mean, I don't have the language to tackle that. So maybe we can have mm -hmm. Joseph on to talk about that. Yeah, I think Joseph would be a good one to have. Yeah, it'd be on. cool to have him on again. Yeah, I miss yeah. him. <laughs> so, all right. So that was number one. Uh, here is number two. Hi. Um, those episodes were a wild ride. I'm the most interesting stripper that David Gray's ever met. And I'm a seven. I did hear one thing that kind of made my head explode when David was talking about being accessing frustration and his own frustration of his own mother. Oh my God. I have serious mommy issues. And the seducing second mothers that's done my entire life, it's so effortless. I make people just concerned for me without even trying, honestly. It sucks those people treat me like a child, but on the other hand, I don't have to worry about taking care of my own shit. Am I a horrible person? Anyway, um, I don't know, it's a good episode. I wanted to call in to your love line to help you guys out because I'm just calling, but my sex life is amazing, so I couldn't. All right. Have a great night, guys. Bye. Uh, what the fuck did she say? She said... Is she, is she, saying, is she saying that she has mother issues also and tries herself to get enroll like other mothers? Yeah, she said that. She said it was... She said she's done that all her life or, or something like that and it's effortless so it just happens for her oh yeah she said and am i a bad person i mean you're asking the wrong crew if you're a bad person we don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't buy yeah. into good and bad <laughs> it doesn't exist beyond good and bad <laughs> yeah um, well i mean i think seeing that and taking ownership of that is really important because like you know especially as an assertive type uh there is a way that assertive types trick themselves into believing that they're real independent and uh, that they're beyond whatever. But like, you know, uh, a seven is frustrated with the nurturing function, mm -hmm. you know, and so always trying to basically 
get the mothering function, uh, whether it's in other people or in objects or whatever, a lot of that enthusiasm is this like libidinal thirst for uh, things that seem to present nurturance or even the like more derivative flavor of nurturance, which is like fun or enjoyment or pleasure, you know? And so it can be this like empty pleasure that they're pursuing. And so, you know, the, the, the ability to own up to that is, is really good, but also to be willing to uh, challenge self-concept uh, ideas about one's own independence and one's own motivations. And, you know, it's like, things are amazing. Uh, you know, you said your sex life is amazing, which is fucking great. But, um, you know, also notice underneath that if the amazingness might be a cover for something else. You know, whatever has this amazingness for the seven, uh, there's always like, there's often a kind of a darker hunger underneath it. Also, I would throw in there, I mean, it's she's talking about a fairly different phenomenon than what I was describing about myself, which was uh, more about, you know, um, attraction and uh, affection mixed in with a sort of quasi-sexuality to it. It's sort of Oedipal and so forth. And she seemed to be describing sort of a more purely self prezzy kind of thing to get mothers who will sort of do outsource outsource care yeah and so forth uh whereas the thing i was looking for and doing as a child had nothing to do with anything like that it was it was all about um well it was attraction in a way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Okay, um, this is the this is the next one that I I titled "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> Hello, so I listened to the Curious Case of David Gray podcast, and I had some feelings, um, mainly because though, like, there are some I saw I saw you know myself in that in some ways, uh, and background to that, like I'm in early twenties, eight with a well, I'm in a, I'm engaged, but in an open relationship, and I have a lover who's a nine in his mid-40s, um, who is also married, like, was in relationships with this older women for most of when he was younger and whatever. Um, but, like, to the point where, like, it was, like, viscerally uncomfortable because I could very much see someone talking about me that way, um, and that was uncomfortable. But listening to that from the other side of the dynamic, you know, there was definitely some things that y'all were missing. Um, so like, for example, uh, I think, I forget who said it, but I think it was Amicus, uh, women don't normally go after the daddy archetype. That's something that in my experience, women go after the daddy archetype. You know, I've always felt like now, adults obviously don't know what the fuck they're doing, quote unquote, adults or whatever. Can we pause this? Um, yes. All right. I'm already lost. Uh, yeah, exactly. There was a lot of like how, different lovers and stuff like that. And then is that come relevant later? Well, okay. I'm going to summarize what the fuck she said. Uh, <laughs> she, she <laughs> just, I'm just angry at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did she say? She said that uh, we missed some things and in, in, in saying that that trying to correct the perception that I said 
uh, men don't go after that. She's trying to say that men don't go after the daddy archetype. I didn't say anything about men going after the daddy archetype. I said that I have more of a daddy archetype than he does. And so like, what's going on there? Why is he attracting girls? Is it like a daddy thing? And it's, and it's not, but so she misheard what was mentioned there. And then she went on to lecture about male, female dynamics in terms of people wanting to be told what to do as we, if we don't know what the fuck that is. And then there's a part two that goes into kind of what women are looking for, depending on the different age ranges. So that uh, women in their thirties and forties are expecting different things from men versus women in their early twenties. And that's, that's another reason why this dynamic that might be playing out with David. And I was like, okay, that's something useful to say. Also not something that we don't already know. And then she uh, went on to say something about how shallow my observation of seeing someone on a soul level is. That's the part I took issue with. So maybe. I want to hear I, her specific words on, on that. Cause that's exactly bizarre. That's, to me. Yeah. That's the part that I think we should play. All right. So give me a second here. Someone said, I forget who that it's like on a, Oh yeah. I was Emika saying that, um, it was on like a soul level because it kept happening and this repeating pattern or whatever. Um, except it's not really, I feel like on a soul level, uh, you know, it's on a very, very surface superficial level because you aren't really seeing the person, you're seeing the symbol, you know, you're seeing what they represent. And then even more narcissistically, you're seeing a reflection of yourself. You're seeing you know, I get to see how beautiful and fun and, you know, cool and funny and witty and, you know, amazing someone else sees me. And then, you know, they get to see how, you know, smart and put together and strong or whatever else, how that, you know, the younger lady sees in them. Um, and, you know, the, the story of Narcissa or whoever it is with the flower and the nymph and uh, the narcissistic dude staring at the pond saying I love you to his reflection and then the little nymph that was in love with him hearing I love you is kind of act in this situation um so it's it's very superficial and then you know I'll just wrap up with like I'm just gonna stop it there but um <laughs> so it kind of sounds like she's not happy in her relationship yes so apparently <laughs> sounds like a you problem not a yeah. me problem honey so like an, a, apparently a type eight called in to let us know that the topic that you're a narcissist that we were experiencing projection a very shallow form of projection that's that seems very on par for what an eight would call in to, to say yeah it's pretty yeah well I'm, I, I, that was very incoherent, uh, but yeah, I'm sort of stunned with like uh, the presumptuousness around, you know, like, I mean, I think it's very obvious from like what you were sharing, Emika, that your heart was so in it. And like, you know, uh, to the point about narcissism, I mean, Jesus, like, first of all, there is like an issue of narcissism in like wanting to be seen a certain way and at the same time there's like an authentic kind of mirroring mm -hmm. is yeah. essential for everybody mm -hmm. yeah. uh, that is so much of what like motherhood is about is yeah. mirroring the child and it's like you are you know you're becoming more conscious 
of who and what you are through somebody who can hold that and hold your energy and see you, whether you're an infant or a, an adult, it's deeply, deeply crucial to any relationship. Well, it's, it's very validating too. Like it's a, it's a big part of every re good relationship is you should be able to love yourself more because they love you and you know who you are through that. You're being seen. Yeah. You're being seen. Like that's normal. And it's it yeah. just sounds like someone who didn't get what yeah, the fuck we were talking just missed about. It. <laughs> because it's like, you know, I have enough dating and relationship experience where it's like I who I really am, and that's basically what I was touching on. Is like who I really am is this person is not actually interested in that. They don't actually want to be with me. That's the issue that I'm running into. And so not only someone who wants to be with you, but actually wants to energetically meet you, wants to be, uh, to mix with you. It's a very rare experience. And it's not, this is not some, um, like that kind of soul meeting is not some, like you, this person doesn't, you don't fucking get it. You don't understand what the fuck we're talking about. So it really angers me on a certain level because this is a profound experience of someone who's, um, I've, had some challenges and struggles with um, my dating experience and this is a big deal for me and you're calling in with this kind of bullshit where you don't you you think that i'm just seeing myself and this person's just seeing what they want to see fuck off you don't understand what the fuck we're talking about at all yeah you know i don't know like uh i thought that was a weird point to make after talking about the various lovers she has you know like not to say that all like i have no idea about like non-monogamy or whatever but uh, to be like having these different lovers and then just to be like, oh, but your really deep experience that you're very talking very vulnerably about in very a heartfelt way is just projection, is just yeah. narcissism. Uh, and But like like the complete lack of empathizing in a way with your experience or resonating, even if there, even if it was a narcissistic experience, she's not talking from a place of like actually grokking where you're coming from in a, like an inner way, you know, to, to make a, to make a meaningful commentary on it. Right. She's just dismissing it. Yeah. Which is fine. I, I, on one level, I understand I've had this experience myself because, you know, this is a kind of a life-changing event for me. And those of us who were there that weekend when this took place fully understand what the hell I'm talking about. And those, those who are in relationships where this is playing a factor for them understand what I'm talking about. But I've had this experience where I have tried to excitedly share what my experience is with some friends who may not be into inner work or whatever. And they've had these sort of weird reactions and which really angered me because I'm like, oh, I'm realizing that this experience that I had, that there's only a small pocket of people who could even understand it. And be able to mirror back to me like, oh, that's actually significant. Even if they don't understand to, to have the capacity to be like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty incredible experience. Or even have like some kind of a depth to see that there is something more beyond just projections and bodies and, and things like that. Um, Sounds like she's projecting, I mean, or applying just that sort of generic being, you know, falling in love projection thing onto that experience. Well, it's it's kind of what she's speaking to is kind of what uh, seemingly attachment types or not just attachment types but people in general are doing when they date is yeah you just project whatever the, the fuck you want to see this person sees you the want the way you want to see that's not what we're talking about here that's what normally goes on this is different right. 
but I've had the experience of feeling really protective of this experience. Of course, you guys, I love you guys and you guys understand me and we get deep into stuff and I can talk about that comfortably here, but I've had this experience of realizing I can't talk to every, everyone about this. Not very many people have the capacity mm. to even get what I'm talking. People who actually give a fuck about me, this sounds out there. And, you know, like this similar to the conversation we had about uh, breathwork a couple months ago, I realized you have to protect these kinds of experiences because some people will just shit on it. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to my parents about this kind of shit. Yeah. You know, like certain people don't have the capacity to even get it. But on some level that, you know, we're sharing this publicly and there are people who are calling in who are, we'll get to some of the, the other messages that feel really touched because this is speaking to something that no one else is speaking to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this is definitely a soft, soft spot for me because it's a big deal for me. This is something that I've struggled with. And I, I think we did a good job articulating the significance and sort of the parts of this in these last two episodes, but fuck you to whoever just called in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would also, you know, like, I, I find uh, their response pretty interesting from the point of view of projection because, I mean, so first of all, any relationship, any relationship has projection. There's no relationship free of it. It's like even in, in therapy, it's called transference and countertransference. There's got to be a certain level of projecting onto the therapist so that there's, an, there's a, 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 a healing can happen. So uh, all transference, all projection is not narcissistic but there's a certain level where, yeah, maybe there's, 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 a, there's a projection, but it's like that becomes a stepping stone into a real encounter, into something more mysterious. But also, like, to list off, like, kind of a very complex uh, relational dynamic and then go, but you're projecting. Uh, I, I, I don't know. There's something off about that. And it's not to say that people who are non-monogamous are all doing something wrong or projecting or whatever, but just to kind of... I just thought that was like, to me, there was like something t- like the just organically, there was something like a tell there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think what I, the, I picked up on that too. And I think the reason is usually when people are non-monogamous, they're very accepting of other people's experiences and take them as like, what you say is your experience is your experience and it's valid. Mm-hmm. And that was just such a, um, a split from the normal way that a non-monogamous person kind of reacts to someone telling them about their relationships. Mm-hmm. So it was just, that was odd to me. So. Yeah, that is odd. And yeah, I mean, I would, I would suspect that shit we're sharing, whether they, whether it's believed or not is going to be triggering because like, at least for me speaking myself, like all this shit I've been experiencing has brought up so much grief. Mm-hmm. so much grief in terms of like how i was looking for love what i was accepting as love uh ways i've realized like layers and layers of issues projections object relations shit uh just enormous grief to the point where uh you know as these guys know like i mean i've i've had some really dark things and i've had to like go uh talk to a therapist you know like because mm-hmm. there's so much shit like being burned through it is such an aggressive pace uh, because of the changes I've been going through. So yeah, I don't know, like, like, and, and I was there, like, you know, unfortunately, Nancy wasn't at either of these meetings, but like, I was there uh, when Emika had his thing, and y'all were there when, minus Nancy, when I had my thing. And, and how, like, how radical 
the experience was like the energy was even if like I was just watching Emika doing his thing or y'all watching my thing like mm -hmm. we were feeling it it was yep. mystical you know it was something and uh, even and there's you know just I mean I'm going I know I'm going off but like uh, you know there's like weird parallels between Emika and I's story you know <laughs> like, yes. weird like even astrologically we were talking about it you know and stuff like the this. timing of it yeah all kinds of shit and yeah. um yeah so there's something like there is some kind of mojo here that i think uh you know on one hand i guess it could be taken as like boasting in a certain way not boasting but like what we're trying to hopefully convey to people that may make some people insecure is yes. like looking at other ideas of intimacy and the way the personality interferes with intimacy and sexual connection and attraction and object relations and all these kind of things. And, you know, we're doing a clumsy job because we're just figuring the shit out, but uh, it like, I think it should trigger everybody. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's part of the value is like, is to reconsider things that we've taken for granted. Uh, but induce in so doing it might, you know, like if somebody takes this material seriously and, you know, we could all be wrong, whatever, but <laughs> uh, if someone takes this material seriously and, and it looks at their, their life for, relationships or whatever uh hopefully it'll uncover something that is challenging to what is you know normal for you yeah, yeah i i want to say that i <laughs> i mean i mean i have an evil side of me that takes joy in terrorizing people but i i recognize that um once the episode the first one we did that people might take that like you said john as sort of like Ooh, look at how deep my chemistry and sexual relationship is. Look, look, look at how mm. fucking I'm on a soul level. You're on like down, <laughs> right. down right. here, you know, down there and all this kind of stuff. But it's, I think we couldn't release the, the one we recorded before because I don't, there's so much personal, really powerful shit that is, uh, you know, going on underneath this. This is like a, a really big deal in terms of the realizations and, and, what it means in terms i mean i'm a sexual type and so my entire personality is invested in how i'm seeing myself in this arena and so to be able to have some clarity as to um meeting people meeting some a partner energetically and what that means and my impact has been life-changing for me this is a big fucking deal but we also at the same time it's not like i'm bragging oh i had this transformation in my sexual life it's like yo if you're struggling with a similar thing in your dating and relationship life that this is and you feel like you know the stuff that you're up to isn't making sense in terms of what everyone else is doing and what you think is expected in dating and relationships it's really rough out there if you're on tinder and online dating and hookups or whatever else and and feeling like it's empty or in your sexless marriage or in a marriage where the sex isn't really happening or there's no energy and all this kind of stuff like i think that we're speaking to something that people can feel that there's something more beyond just bodies and the functionality of a relationship. There's, there's a way that you can be met on a deeper level, on a soul level um, in a relationship. And I think, you know, some people are going to take that one way in the sense that, oh, you're saying that me just wanting to hook up with whoever and my fucking current relationship isn't deep enough. No, like if you have, if you're satisfied with what you're doing, then great. Yeah. But if you feel that there is something beyond that, you can get to in your sexual relationships and that that's what we're speaking to so yeah. plus, plus you're both saying i mean it's sort of i'm sort of repeating but you're both in these situations these new situations 
incredibly lost and vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not, you aren't in a comfortable no. setting. <laughs> like, this isn't just peaches and cream for you guys. Like, it's not super, it is great, but it's not always fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, speaking, you know, being a four, I'm more of the type to be like, this is how I'm bleeding. But, <laughs> but like, you know, hearing, you know, hearing Emika, I mean, we're, I think we're both through the lens of our different types, like experiencing a lot of grief and a lot of, uh, like, just the rug pulled out from underneath us. And mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I've, I've known Emika a while and like, you know, he is an eight, so he doesn't show all his cards you know but uh i mean i've i've sensed emika's struggle and loneliness for a while and uh you know uh i and i can imagine that that he is and his partner are going through similar stuff that me and my partner are that just feels like it is um yeah ripping the guts out so uh you know i don't yeah i don't can I, I can understand how on one's levels people could take it as like oh look at these guys like talking about their cool shit but it's like <laughs> there's a lot of agony and ecstasy at the same time yeah it's so not that yeah you look at this cool shit <laughs> no, right <laughs> and it's like I, I can totally see where the people are coming from because like my three rears its ugly head at times when you guys are talking about your relationship and i'm like is mine that good is it like i start comparing myself <laughs> mm -hmm, to you guys mm -hmm. and like i just have to kind of fight through it and be like yes Nancy, you're fine like take a deep breath <laughs> but so i so i get it like if i was not as uh in touch with my threeness that mm -hmm. could rear its ugly head and i wouldn't know it so i i 100 get that reaction but that's not what you guys are trying to do or experiencing either i would hope that people could listen to what we're saying not like oh we've got deeper better sexual chemistry relationships than you do it's like no know that this is possible like don't basically it's a kind of don't a message settle. to my my younger self like 10 years ago um I, i've said this before on, in other pods that you know meeting john and david was sort of like a, a mirror and affirmation to me it was like hey you're on the right path like you're not the only one in this universe who's like this and even in the way we approach relationships it's like listen if you're someone who thinks that there might be something more than what's you know what people are uh are doing out there that there's something deeper that you can experience in your romantic relationships don't fucking give up like that's basically what i think that's the message that i would like to impart on somebody out there or to myself is you can hold out for something more than what's presented to you um instead of just uh just settling for what works for now like there is something deeper that you can experience like nancy said don't settle is one of the messages yeah. mm -hmm. and then yeah. you know nancy you and i had a conversation about some of this shit that mm -hmm. i don't want to talk about on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> you know it was clear to me that you've had like maybe not in the same flavor as a useless beast agony but like <laughs> you've had a similar thing where where brian like touched your soul and so like i understand like i i think i really appreciate you saying that about your threeness and like mm -hmm. but as a as a friend to mirror you uh it was very clear that like you have a, a similar soul level connection with brian oh thank you mm -hmm. it made me feel a lot better <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just weird to me that at, if someone's a, a regular listener of this this pod they should be aware of the full range of weirdness and mystical whatever the fuck that we might get into so none of this should be a surprise to anyone who's a listener yes we discover that you can have a soul level connection 
sexually with someone, okay, get over it. If you don't like it, but fuck off. But that's what we're on right now. That's what we're on or fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the bullshit we're riding. Yeah. Anyway, that got me heated. But we have generally positive comments left. Cool. Let me cue up the next one. Social Sexual 2 here. I wanted to call in in regards to soul connection um, and just my own experience with it. I know this is how I sussed out my husband slash soulmate. Um, that connection was always the main driver for cutting the fat away from a partner and really determining a fit for me. I never really understood one night stands. The self-awareness and vulnerability that's required to offer up a piece of yourself when you're intertwining your soul with another was totally high privilege to experience. It opens up an alchemical reaction that can't be predicted or foreseen and it stands to really enlighten and accelerate the connection between two people. It's like a sacred adventure. When it's right, we literally had sex that felt like we both got high. We checked the condom to see if it was laced with THC and it wasn't an experience that either of us had ever had before. It was a new level of merging and connection that ended up indicating to both of us that we had really found the one other person out there that really matches. Also, um, hold the fucking phone. Are there condoms laced with THC? Because I need to know about that. (laughs) (laughs) If there isn't, we need to invent that. Uh, Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Like, hello. Psilocybin. (laughs) (laughs) Just send that to us in the mail, please. Thank you. (laughs) Shrooms and Molly laced with condoms. (laughs) We'll get a P.O. box. Yeah, Molly... Molly being the official official drug of big hormone anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But big I, yes. <laughs> that was a that was a I mean, I thought that was a really beautiful message. And I think yeah. that really beautifully said. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy to hear that people out there have had similar experiences on the soul level. Uh anything else you guys want to say about that? Um, nah. next. I don't think so. No, I thought that was great. Okay. Hi guys. And Nancy, I'm Nicholas, and I want to call because I really appreciate that you're talking about this, and I feel so drawn to sharing so openly, and I can only imagine (laughs) how deep you went in that other talk that you didn't publish. And I appreciate so much the language for this energetic level of meeting each other sexually and I'm exploring it myself I for for quite some time I I had a relationship with a woman who was very sensitive to exactly what Nancy is describing and it was a revelation to me and at the same time a very confusing challenge to actually notice where and in what way I don't show up. And in a way, um, it's it's really cool because she by by that energetic level she she reflected things on me that later turn out to be traits of um of the the two type structure that I hadn't discovered yet. I had mistyped as a five and and after a lot of experience with her I could identify the two type structure and um, that was also because I wasn't showing up in a way and so I I have a hard time actually uh, coming up with a question to you that you could use and I would just love to be able to share and and to to 
join in this this very exciting conversation and um yeah i'm so glad you guys are doing that uh it's it's rare that it's talked about this way and i would love to have more people have awareness and consciousness for this amazing quality and uh i'm i'm actually um missing it a lot uh <laughs> at this time and uh your words brought it back to me so thank you very much cool yeah i'm really glad this does like resonate with others cuz at least uh for myself i felt a little self-conscious in in the sort of self-indulgent aspect of it you know just like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know will this just sound like uh crazy people whatever or <laughs> is this you know yeah is this is this hitting anybody's emotional back walls yeah and um it's hitting those back walls i guess so i appreciate the uh the message yeah i uh I same i definitely whenever i talk about my relationship find myself trying to kind of um downplay it to an extent because i you know i don't want to sound weird well, I'm... <laughs> so i feel that so thanks for calling in <laughs> that's what i've just i realized that i'm gonna have to do at least uh for at least as long as it takes to get to a comfort zone is i'm not talking about this shit to just anybody like i'm just dating someone that's it that's all you need to know yeah. And yeah, I just realized like this is one of the most important things that has ever happened to me, maybe the most. And I'm, you know, like there's a part of me that's excited to share it with people because I think there are people who really want to hear something like this. But at the same time, I'm not entertaining any negativity around around this shit. I will literally punch you in the face. <laughs> yes, yes. he will <laughs> stab you in the eyeball. Um, yes. what, <laughs> my personal favorite experience is when. Um, people find out that I'm engaged and they like want to complain about their significant other to me and say some real bad shit about their significant other to me as if I'm going to relate. They're like, right. you know, like ball and chain kind of shit. Like, you know, just mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, well, you're going to be tied down for the rest of your life. Like, Wah. and I'm just like, I completely disagree, but okay. <laughs> so just, yeah, that's a great experience because it will make you feel so superior to everyone. <laughs> I was just going to say that I didn't even clue into the idea that this would sound like bragging because I have had enough shit in my dating <laughs> life. That, well, it's kind of like I've, I've just experienced so much shit. Like I can't just say that something good happened to me in my sexual, in my dating relationship without making someone else, someone else feel insecure. Is that how it, it works that you can't share something good that happened in your life without somebody wanting to shit on it? Like I've just had shit. Everyone's just so for jealous. Ten years. Everyone's jealous. Yeah, shit for ten years, and I've talked about that on the pod. Yeah. I didn't hear anybody calling in to say, "Oh, you're just projecting because you're just having bad." <laughs> <laughs> like, I have one good experience, and somebody's talking shit. Also, you know, I mean, we are entering into very transformative, like, you know, relationships or dynamics or whatever, and like, those are unstable, right? And so, like. Like, I mean, I suspect that I'll be with my partner for a long, long time. But, you know, it's like time is brutal. Like, who knows uh, Who knows anything? So it's like, you know, maybe people are meant to be, to, meant to be together uh, and transform each other in, like, hyper-concentrated time. And maybe it doesn't, it's not like, oh, we're going to get old together, you know? <laughs> and maybe it will. 
So it's yeah. like, you know, if like in a year, whatever, more time and things are like our, our circumstance is different. It's like, I don't think it makes anything less valid, you know, in yeah. terms of what yeah. we're experiencing. And so, you know, as, as Nancy, as you're engaged and getting married, it's like, you know, hopefully like we will all stay with the partners that we've got. I, that's mm -hmm. what I want above all. And I'll work, I'll work hard for that shit. And I think that this is a thing that's going to really fucking last the yep. same time. It's like, you know, you never know how, how long two people who are meant to meet are supposed to hold on in the, the, the storm of reality, you know, like, mm -hmm. but the, the touch is eternal. Yeah. Yep. I, um, I don't know if I've said this on here before. I probably have, but one of my favorite quotes is from Dan Savage. Um, and he says, relationships are the only thing we don't consider. We don't consider successful if we make it out alive. I think, you know, you call it successful if you're deepened and transformed. Yeah, know? exactly. And it's like, I you don't have to like die with your partner for it to be a success. You know, I think what we're, we, we've been trying to speak to is that the majority of relationships, people come out hardened and, and more mm. hopeless and more uh, in loss. Cynical. Cynical and, uh, you know, like, you know, you got to always protect your heart, but you also have to keep your heart open at the same time. It's that paradox. And, you know, I see a lot of people just shut it down yep. and stick with what is safe but and and also think that we're in a we're i mean maybe this is just all time but people are really fucking damaged all across the board and so you know you got a lot of damage to sort through and um but yeah you got to keep it open and protect at the same time and um instead of just letting stuff calcify yeah yeah it's it's really tough you know you know in terms of dating being single and and dealing with disappointment after disappointment or having someone get into a relationship and you try and you work at it and it doesn't work and like if you've been at that stuff for a while um you can kind of just resign to uh I'm, i guess i this is how it is and i'm going to just settle for this kind of relationship but um yeah I, it's not bragging on our part it's just like i'd rather i guess i figured out at some point it's like i'd rather be alone on my own than in a relationship that's not the relationship that I think, like I think relationships are capable of being. It was an intention. I've thought about this exactly. an insane mm -hmm. amount. I've spent, if I could name one thing that I've, and you guys can attest to this, that I've spent enough time strategizing and thinking of and refining. And it's like, how, how do I end up in, in you know, in, with someone that I'm attracted to in a relationship that I want? I've been thinking about that for a very long time. So this is a huge deal for me. Mm -hmm. You know, this is an intention that materialized, you know, and just sort of examining the factors that made that even possible. Well, that's what I was going to, I was going to bring up uh, was that I, I think is really important to highlight uh, or like I'm hoping is somehow directly or indirectly brought to the surface uh, through these conversations is that fact of preparation like you uh especially like really like you were approaching things in one way and then you were like this shit is not working and you yep. spent years changing behaviors and patterns and sticking with it yep. and you know it was an inner work personal thing it wasn't just like 
uh, how do I approach women better? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do I know, make women wetter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you were, you were looking at yourself and yeah. uh, like, you know, and you did that for years and that's really admirable because like, I mean, we've, you know, talked about you, you hook, hook women really easily. And, uh, you know, that could, you could easily just sort of chase that and go on that treadmill and you decided to do something different. And that's really courageous. And cause you had no idea if it would pay off or not. Yeah. It didn't look like it would, it would like, yeah. it just, I mean, on one level, I just didn't believe that I would ever, it would just seem really unlikely that I would ever run into anyone who would be into me completely, uh, in the way that I thought it would be, could be possible. Uh, so it just didn't seem like it was likely. It seemed like there was a very long shot, but I was willing to hold out for that long shot instead of just fucking around for the rest of my life, which I could easily do. Mm -hmm. That You know, I could just keep doing that. But I had to say no to the sort of okay whatever to get to the thing I really wanted. Anyway, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I think it turned into something. Yeah. Palatable. One thing I was gonna say one more. Oh, I think I think maybe next time we should have uh, Alexander on and yeah. like sort of do the attachment type nine stuff and build off David's last thing. And um, she's had so many interesting observations. And it just has a great yeah. way of s summarizing things. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Nice. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Later. See ya. Mm -hmm.